back in the 2005 reality show heyday of Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire and Punked, a group of Brits were selected to be the very first reality show winners to be space tourists. The secret of the show was it was all one elaborate, expensive hoax. All the details on this episode of Technically a Conversation. Super friends, welcome to another episode of Technically a Conversation. Here, we like to share an interesting topic with each other, which we've recently learned, and hope you find it interesting too. I'm one half of your host, Cicela. Joining me as always is Jose. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing lovely. Can you believe it snowed today? What? I didn't get any snow in my area. Kind of <gasps> sad. Oh, it was... If it was nighttime, I would have felt like I was in Star Wars with all these like little chingaderas coming at me. <laughs> it was wild. All these, I, you know, I'm driving and it's like big chunks. And then my daughter's like, what is that? And I said, oh my God, there's no way. It was so weird. There were some people from work that they were saying that it did snow and that it was sticking. But then I think maybe around 11 or noon, it started melting. Yes. But um, here in my... Uh, my ranch in Sunland, yeah. <laughs> it lived true to its name and there was no snow at all. Uh, oh, the Sunland, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> so, have you watched Black Panther 2 yet? Just like last time. Second verse, same as the first. No. I'm going to keep shaming you on every episode until you watch it. Bring it. I, now I'm just going to say no, maybe when I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I still, I definitely want to. Um, the big hubbub this week, which I was really excited about, just BT Dubs. Shout out to my brother. He retired as a firefighter in the El Paso Fire Department. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. So that was the the big thing we were working, we were kind of dealing with this week. Not dealing with, but, you know, celebrating, really. Yeah, and I noticed you even got a sexy new haircut and everything. I did. I was done with the long hair. I said, snippity snap. Or I don't know if it's snap, but snippity snap for sure. <laughs> Snippity for sure. Snippity snip. Thank you. I'm glad you're still rocking the power bangs though. I think that's your trademark now. I think these bangs are here to stay. And now that I have the bangs with the short hair, dude, let me find Scooby-Doo because we're ready to solve some crimes. <laughs> like that's all I'm saying. <laughs> all you need to wear is just a power suit and you look like an adult. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say the orange turtleneck that Velma wears. Or is it Velma? No. <laughs> what the hell she wears. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of like a turtleneck sweater or something. Yeah, it's so weird. It's something thick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm for it. <laughs> All right. So you know what time it is. Coffee time. Tea time. It singing time. Shout out. That's right. <laughs> it's singing time. It's singing time, your time, my time. I'm just kidding. Okay, here is the awesome list. The Queens, Elena and Erica, The Duke, Stephen B, Madtown Charity, ContraZoom Pod Podcast, and Adan Z. Thank you so, so much, you guys, for sharing our posts. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So one of our most super friends of super friends, Stephen B, The Duke, he sent me today's topic. I had never heard of it before. Therefore, I needed to share this 
with the world. And by the world, I mean, you know, maybe 20 people in India, Germany, and Australia. <laughs> we love all five of you. <laughs> Do you remember 2005? No. That's not the answer I was, <laughs> I was hoping for. Okay. I was going to say, I don't even remember yesterday, girl. Well, okay. So I was about to ask you what you were doing around 2005. 2005, that was probably the last band that I played in. So I was working on that. I think that might have been when I had my wrestling podcast <gasps> and I was working full time and going to school full time. So I was doing all the things. Wow. You were super busy. What the <laughs> hell? Did you have a 24 hour day like the rest of us? What the hell? I did. And um, I had a girlfriend for a while, but that's probably why she left me because of all the. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's getting all sad. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I mean, poor thing. I'm sure she's like, when do I get to see you? <laughs> poor thing. Yeah, I think I was still renting a room out of my sister's house. Um, you know, we were still like super besties at that point. Um, <laughs> but it was tons of fun. Um, at least once a week, we would enjoy some TV and a reality show. Those reality shows, they were really on trend back then. Do you remember like, Regular people would sign up to be contestants on like, who wants to be a millionaire? And celebrities who were like in the mix also, they were like on punked and funny shit like that. I don't think I've known anybody that has actually signed up for them, but I do know one person that was on the, I want to say was on the Price is Right. <gasps> That's so cool. Yeah, I do know one person that was on there. And he actually, I don't think he won everything, but he did win quite a bit. Oh my God, this is, he's like a celebrity then. I always wanted to do Price is Right. Just because I mostly want to do that big wheel, you know. <laughs> you know what? It wasn't the prices, right? It was let's make a deal or, oh, hold on. Which one is the one where um, they show your product and you have to guess how much it costs? Yeah, that's what the price is right. The price is right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then it was the price is right. That's cool. And it's weird because I've known this guy forever and it wasn't until like maybe like 10 years after knowing him that I found out he was on the show. And I was like, oh my God, that would be like my whole personality if I had been on that show. Like I would introduce myself like, hi, my name is Jose and I was on The Price is Right. I'm a former contestant of The Price is Right. I came on down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'd go, come on down. Well, you know what really sucks about that though? Hmm. Is because he said like, I think he won like a car, he won a TV, he won some trip, he won like a pool table, like he won a bunch of stuff. But he says that after the show, you have to go and you actually have to pay in cash the taxes. So if you don't have the money for the taxes... And you're pretty much screwed. You can't take that stuff home. Oh, no. So he won a bottle of Fabuloso. <laughs> no, there were a couple of things that he took. I, I want to say he took the trip and he took like the TV or something. But everything else, like he pretty much had to forfeit. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I wish they told people that up front. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, at least, dude, he's got like a big flex even just saying that he went up there and he looked like he won. Yeah. <laughs> but then people would be hitting you up for stuff. It's like, dude, you want all this money and all this shit. Oh, that's true. Damn it. Yeah. I think no one would ever know if I won the lottery. Yeah. No, I would disappear. You would never see me again. Oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I would be podcasting from the underground city of Dirinkuyu. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to happen. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Well, across the pond in the UK, it was no different as far as reality shows. They, too, had their share of reality shows. One show in particular took it to a whole 
new level. Okay, Jose, it would be fair to say that you and I both love astronomy and space, right? That's correct. Great. If there was a show looking to film and take you up, just regular folks, into a low Earth orbit, would you apply and go to space for a couple of days? Sign me up. Really? You won? Yes. Oh my gosh. As risk adverse as I am, I would be willing to risk my life to go into space. Wow. See, if like a, a good thousand people have already gone, then cool. But no, I don't know if I could go right away. <laughs> oh my God, you're much more wild and crazy than I am, Isela. I can't believe that. Really? I don't know. Well, this is today's topic, a really expensive reality show. It was titled Space Cadets. The link to the documentary that Stephen B. had shared is going to be in the show notes. It was basically to take regular folks to space. In fact, the most expensive at the time, the most expensive uh, reality show. Nine finalists were chosen to be in this reality show. And you saw them learning and training. It even cuts to a scene where they're looking out to the horizon of Earth, like in the distance. And one lady is so taken by the beauty of what she sees, she even felt almost incredulous for her to say that she was just looking at Earth. But what they didn't know while this was being filmed, it was a ginormous prank. <laughs> oh, wow. Seriously? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought you were going to say they were being exposed to dangerous levels of radiation. <laughs> no, no. No, no. I don't know what's worse now. I'm just kidding. No, obviously the radiation would be worse. <laughs> the price tag for this giant prank, 4.5 million pounds, which would be 7.3 million today or $8.8 million. <laughs> right? That's a lot of pizza, girl. Yeah, it is a lot of organic eggs. And <laughs> it, I'm thinking like it might have just been cheaper to send them to actual space. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know how much it is. Doesn't Musk charge like 100000 or something? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, because he took a couple of those people, right? Like, um, God, what was the Captain Kirk guy? William Shatner. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Oh, but what he said was really beautiful, I have to say. It was, yeah. There were tons of people that had applied to a fairly vague ad, and the ad simply said, are you missing out on life's great experiences? Is the British public missing out on you? You need the personality to win over a nation, the determination to succeed, more balls that you can ever imagine. What? What kind of crazy ass ad is that? And how vague is that? And they had so many people applying. It definitely sounds like they were looking for clearly someone fun. Clearly someone who knows, you know, themselves, very courageous, that type of person. So knowing that was the ad, do you think you would have still applied? I think I would have to be out because I'm not fun and I'm not courageous. If you're going to space, I feel like that's automatically, yeah, you are definitely courageous. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I think that I would do it. I know that I would be scared, but I wouldn't want to miss that opportunity. It would be amazing. I, I would really seriously have to consider it as scared as I would be. <laughs> well, when they were interviewing the candidates, of course, they couldn't have people that knew too much about space or military bases. I guess I could have just said they couldn't have people that knew too much, period. <laughs> <laughs> kind of mean, sorry. <laughs> but those who know about space or military bases were rejected 
You can't have smart people on TV. Jose, save that for Jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) Candidates were also tested on several points. Most obviously, it was suggestibility. That was going to be critical. There were pictures shown of like colorful dots and they asked if they could see, oh, like, oh, do you also see a hot dog and French fries or something like that? And they wanted to see who was going along with it. Claustrophobia, a fear of small uh, spaces, that was part of your phobia. Well, that was part of the, uh, what, the exam, right, that you gave? (laughs) Yeah, that was part of the phobias podcast. But I don't want to say that I'm particularly claustrophobic. I think I'm usually okay. Perfect. There you go. So they tested people on claustrophobia. The interviewees were strapped into sleeping bags for 20 minutes. They were also tested to see if they could handle the pressure of being, quote unquote, stuck on an elevator. They also wanted to make sure they weren't too shy because they were going to be on TV. And lastly, they needed to ensure the candidates could take a joke because obviously it's a prank and they have no idea, which really sucks. (laughs) So nine made it to the finalists round. However, three of them were actors in on the hoax to steer the finalists into the illusion of the right direction of believing everything, you know, was going on, what they were seeing. So the... Nine that made it in, the three actors, they all met at night. This is where the cameras were rolling. They all lined up for a plane, hadn't boarded it yet, but this was where the reveal was going to be exposed of what they were chosen for. And it was simply irresistible. You had the chance to be the first British space tourists, and they all jump up and down like they won the lottery of these 12 They all knew only four of them were eventually going to be selected to go up into space. Or so they thought, right? (laughs) That would be based on how well they did on all of the training. They were told that the plane was headed to a military base in Russia for training. This is absolutely plausible. There are tons of millionaires paying a loot of money, pun intended, to go to space. Dennis Tito paid a whopping $20 to spend a week In the ISS, Space Adventures had launched a handful of people on different launches to go to the ISS. Then there were those privately funded places, right? The Richard Branson's, the SpaceX, Blue Origin, Zero to Infinity. There's about seven different um, space tourist companies to date. One of the NSYNC people also, I want to say, went to space. No. Lance Bass or something. I don't don't know if I'm making up names. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But uh, I actually heard a commercial for, apparently has a podcast too now, and on the podcast, he talks about his experience training to go into space. Oh, that's cool. That's really exciting. See, this is what happens when you get two hit songs. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know how many (laughs) songs he had. Poor guy. No, they had much more than two hit songs. Oh, okay. Who is it? NSYNC? Yeah. Oh, I like NSYNC. What am I saying? Yeah. Yeah, I want to say it's Lance Bass, but... Nice. Yeah, I think he's the blonde guy. I think they were all blonde, but yeah. The plane they boarded was, of course, like I said, not actually going to Russia. They circled the North Sea in elongated circles. Forget this, Jose. Three and a half hours. (laughs) It's before our time, but I think this is how that Gilligan's Island theme song goes, right? Like a three-hour tour before they were all stranded or something. (laughs) Anyway, the contestants landed in a place less than 40 miles From where they took off. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) I know. It's great. It's called Bent Waters Park, where the U.S. Air Force during, or it used to be a U.S. Air Force during the Cold War, 
which has long since been decommissioned. And it's huge. It's a thousand acres. Movie studios have used this site in Fast and Furious 6, Top Gear, and even one you have seen, Wonder Woman. Oh, I love the first one. To make it pass as a Russian site, they had to buy all the products found in grocery stores from Russia. So that's already expensive. They had to buy old Russian tanks, old surface-to-air Russian missiles. This seemed to be the icing on the cake to make it all super credible. You heard the contestants pointing out and exclaiming, that's a real Scud missile. <laughs> they, even, <laughs> they even changed the electric sockets to the ones that are used over in Russia. All the signs <laughs> were all in Russian. When they arrived, Russian actors in uniform greeted them. They saw armed guards, armed guards with dogs even. They made it all look super legit as they were going through supposedly secure checkpoints to get into this military site. Did the dogs bark in Russian also? They did. They said, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was going to try to do a Russian accent. <laughs> Very much like Big Brother or MTV's Real World, all the contestants stayed under the same roof. And they were there were also like solo confessionals where you kind of just like talk about your feelings and like this is where you get to talk about other people or whatever. The training was both physical and mental. The physical part was very real because it was led by ex-KGB officers. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. You know he whipped them into shape. One of the actors in the confessional looked exhausted and he held his face in his hands and he said, you never told me it was going to be this tough. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> The space lectures were real to a point. They were taught we lived in the hazelnut cluster. Um, what? <laughs> and then um, they said that they wouldn't feel zero gravity for a couple of reasons. One was they were going to be in a very low Earth orbit. And then the other reason was there were three AGGs, which stands for anti-gravity generators. And they would be activated so you... <laughs> You could just turn on gravity. <laughs> so far, everything checks out. Sure. Yeah, this is super <laughs> legit. <laughs> During one of the actors' confessional, he said, well, he kind of joked around and he <laughs> he said that, um, you know, he could have said that the, or the professor could have said that the AGGs, the anti-gravity generators, were run by tiny hamsters <laughs> and that they would have believed it. <laughs> He's like, whatever you've got, just bring it on. <laughs> to be fair, that same actor even admitted during one of the classes that he got caught up when he started asking questions. He started to believe it was real, too. <laughs> there were some times that doubts leaked out of the contestant's mouth. One guy questioned aloud how he thought Russia was supposed to be really cold, but it felt just like England. <laughs> After all the training wrapped up, they had to take an exam. After which, there was a ceremony with some real gravitas. And one of the officers read a poem in Russian titled Courage and Endeavor. The poem was actually just a recipe for an English dish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this is great. The four that were chosen of the 12 were clearly two of the actors and then one lady and then one man. Okay, you have to tell me your thoughts so far. Well, I see why you said that these people uh, were chosen because they weren't very smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were highly suggestible. I don't claim to be very smart at all. 
but I think that I would kind of start to smell bullshit after a while. <laughs> yes. I would have thought the same thing too. If we're supposed to be in Russia, I know that we're pretty far up north. I would think that would be cooler than it is here. Yeah. Now you know why people couldn't know too much about military bases. Yeah. Also the physical challenge. I don't think that I would have been able to pass that. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Well, when we return, we can get into the meat and potatoes or beef stroganoff. <laughs> Sorry. It's the only Russian plate I know. <laughs> and we can talk about how they pulled off feeling like they blasted off into space after these sponsors. Provost. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, <laughs> but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> you can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts, and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us. And we're back from space. Not really. <laughs> that was your break. Good. How about yours? Pretty good. Nothing exciting. You're not drinking tea today? I'm drinking uh, just regular water. Oh, no, that's good. Water is very good for you. I drank tea earlier. Oh, look at you. What kind of tea? It was that apple spice one. Oh, I have not heard of that. All right. I bought it several years ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It might not be good still, but uh, it still tastes good. I'm sure you throw enough sugar in that shit, a lot of stuff tastes good. <laughs> Actually, I did not use sugar. <gasps> Look at your so health. I used bee honey. Oh, that's even better. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah, I am Mr. Health. <laughs> if you can't tell by my impressive physique. Right. There you go. You're Adonis. <laughs> <laughs> so the reality show used leading special effects companies that specialized in space and spacecrafts. They built the spacecrafts used in the movie Space Cowboys and Deep Impact. Deep Impact always sounded like a... Wait, I think I shouldn't say this joke. No, say it, say it. It always sounded like a porno. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Anyway, a big ass screen was built... 22 feet high and 66 feet wide. The craft was built on hydraulics and they were programmed to constantly move the craft. During the launch, quote unquote, <laughs> the craft would take a sharp degree up. However, during training, it was explained their craft doesn't take off like the space shuttles where it's almost like a complete 90 degrees going straight up. It was more like the Virgin Galactic spaceship where it just kind of takes off of like a runway. For the sounds, again... They hired the best of the best. It was one of the best sound designers to make everything sound believable. They hid 40 speakers <laughs> inside the craft. The sound was of a real launch recording 
and an actual, and it was combined with an actual uh, sound of an engine of a F-14 jet. <laughs> so real launch and an F-14 jet. That sounds nuts. Was it in Dolby Atmos? I don't, <laughs> I'm sure it was more than that because it was 40 speakers everywhere. <laughs> the documentary explained that it was like taking the sound system of a nightclub and putting it into a tiny bathroom. <laughs> nice. Sounds you know, like when you go to a concert and then you can feel everything almost even like reverberating in your chest. It sounds like it would feel like that, but like 10 times more. <laughs> the night before the launch, the contestants were driven by the aircraft hangar to look at the craft, but it was only like peeking out of the hangar doors and it was just the nose part of the spacecraft. Of course, it was, again, like I said, just the exterior. So where the camera was pointing, you could see that it was all hollow inside. <laughs> but those chosen to go up thought it was so cool. They were losing their minds because, you know, they couldn't believe that within 24 hours, they were, quote unquote, going up into space. <laughs> this is the point of the show where confessional videos of the night before were so heavy with genuine excitement. It was almost starting to feel a little bit cruel, or at least it was to me anyway. There were two parts where it was almost revealed, the whole the whole hoax, when one of the ladies was ducking in to the capsule. She had caught a little bit of this curtain, and if she would have kept pulling it, it would have exposed the whole fake scene. <laughs> the other was during the quote-unquote launch. The hydraulics moved, everything was great, but there was no audio. <laughs> One of the actors, so the actors that were chosen, they were they were um, taken as the, um, what's the word, as the pilots. And so thankfully, one of the actors brilliantly improvised, stating there was some final last minute checks, and then the audio was back up. Then the launch was pulled off, and the two actors that were, like I said, assigned as pilots were giving reports of how fast they were supposedly going. And giving fake altitudes. And they were like, oh my God, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> or I don't know if they said bloody cool because it was beeped out. <laughs> <laughs> Once they thought that they were into orbit, the quote unquote shields that were up went down so they can catch their first glimpse of Earth. And the two non-actors were ecstatic, feeling so blessed, over the moon, pardon the pun type of thing. And the guy looked like he might have even been tearing up. I'm telling you, it was really sad. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. We've just seen, we've just seen the earth. Like, I can't even believe I'm saying that sentence. We're just so happy. I'm a bit, I just saw the world. <laughs> did you hear his, did you hear his exhale at the end? <laughs> He's like, oh, poor guy. That is very cruel. I think they might have gone a little too far. Oh, I think so too, a little bit right there. So while they were in space, they went through astronaut initiation. Uh, you saw that they were taking like this pledge and it was repeating some kind of like a fake creed, I guess. Another ridiculous activity they had them do is perform somewhat of like a funeral ceremony for a dog whose ashes uh, one of the, ac the actors accidentally dropped. And then this is the point where one of the non-actors questioned aloud if they were being set up. And of course, they know everything's being filmed. So they look straight at the camera. They're like, is this, <laughs> is this all fake? To swing them back towards believing that they were still in space, they told them they were going to do a spacewalk. Dude, for sure. It doesn't get any more believable than a spacewalk, for sure, right? 
How did they pull that off, though? That's what I'm curious about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is actually the point of the reality show where all the other seven contestants that didn't make it to the finalist round were informed that it was all fake because they were watching all in one big giant room. They were all watching together. <laughs> and when they told them that it was fake, they gasped and they immediately bursted out into laughter and like screams of delight. I would imagine that that was also the moment when they were glad they didn't make it to the final round of embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> As the quote-unquote space crew uh, was going to prepare for the spacewalk, they were instructed to watch a screen where they played back a montage of all the times that they had vocally stated their doubts of the entire event. Perhaps this was done more to give them, or the space cadets really, one last chance to put the pieces of the puzzle together for themselves, you know? <laughs> then they watched stagehands in real time roll their capsule out and the doors flung open and it revealed that they were definitely not in space and their faces were surprised <laughs> and they were red, all face palms type of thing. And then it just moved to disappointment. <laughs> then when they were told they weren't even in Russia, oh, they were more dejected. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when they learned that they were only 38 miles away. <laughs> okay, so now I have to ask, how would you feel if you were one of those non-actors? First of all, I would feel very disappointed, and then I would feel angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, listen to the consolation prize, and then tell me how you feel after this. Okay. As a consolation prize, they did get to ride the plane that allows them to experience weightlessness. They call it the vomit comet. <laughs> and they were given 25,000 pounds, which is just over $30,000. And today, that would be $46,000, just under $46,000. That does sound pretty cool. I might go for it after that. Yeah, I would definitely be okay. I, yeah. I wouldn't be thinking about lawsuits anymore after oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's where you were already. <laughs> yeah. I was, okay. I was already thinking, uh, oh, I wonder if I remember any of those phone numbers from those TV lawyers <laughs> called Michael Gopin or whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> that's funny. Well, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the space cadet story. Very interesting. And not in the ironic way that you say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't always use it like that. You know it. Yeah, I found it just fascinating just because these poor people, they really had no idea. I was like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> you know, that is super cool. I want to watch the documentary, although I do feel like it's a very cruel joke. <laughs> I thought so too, but it, it did seem like they took it all in, in a good stripe. I mean, hey, the Constellation Prize sounds pretty good. Yeah, definitely. The Constellation Prize would have made up for it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I think that whenever a prank lasts more than 24 hours, I think that's when you start heading into cruelty territory. Well, and especially when it's something as big as that and you see how much it really affected them. That one guy was almost crying. <laughs> this poor dude. So yeah, I think it's um, it did have a little bit of a... A, a bad thing, but it was still very entertaining. You do have to watch it. <laughs> Definitely, I'll check it out. Well, congratulations, lovelies. You've done it again, folks. You have learned along with us how a couple of individuals were tricked into thinking they were in space. All I can say is stay inquisitive, super friends. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you've been entertained by our chat and invite you to join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, 
Please leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. Follow us on all the socials at greetingstac. Email us at greetingstac at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a story, perhaps one that you've pranked, to share with us.